Acts chapter 3, starting at verse 6. Starting at verse 6, if you don't have your Bible with you, it'll be here on the screen. Reading from the New International Version of the Holy Scriptures, Acts chapter 3, starting at verse 6, here's what it says. <clears throat> then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Verses 6 through 8 of Acts chapter 3. You may be seated. Uh, let me thank you for your continued prayers for my wife as she, uh, as she continues to recuperate from her surgery from last week. Uh, also, Keep Brother Burks in your prayers, would you? Uh, Deacon Burks, he had surgery on this, uh, this immediate past week. Keep him in your prayers as well. When we were together last week, we, uh, we looked at the story of the Good Samaritan, that unexpected helper who, although he was on his way somewhere, he saw somebody who was in need. He saw someone who was in distress and instead of crossing to the other side of the street or instead of walking up to the man, looking at him and then walking away because that's what the religious people did, the priest and the Levite. Now instead of doing that, this Samaritan stopped, took care of the man's needs, put the man on his own beast took the man to where he could get some further help and left some money to take care of him. From that Samaritan, we learned several lessons about how we should relate to those who have been beaten and robbed, battered and broken, mistreated, and left for dead on this road of life. Because we are indeed keenly aware of Jesus' words from Matthew 25 where he says that the Son of Man will come and he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And what's interesting is the criteria that he says will matter at that time. Not how much church you attended, not how much you put in the offering plate, not how many Sundays in a row you sang in the choir or the praise team. The criteria has nothing to do with how fancy your shout is or how big your Bible is. But here it is. I was hungry. And you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you 
clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And they said, Lord, when did we ever do all that for you? And he says, when you did it to the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And this week we are introduced to somebody else who might be considered the least of these. Somebody over in Acts chapter 3. And while the religious people showed us last week what not to do, we do have some brothers this week who provide a godly example of what Christian service looks like. And there are some lessons to be learned from these apostles, Peter and John, but they are not the only ones teaching lessons in this story. I believe that not only can we learn something from Peter and John the apostles, not only can we learn something from these guys who get it right, but we can also learn something from the lame man. So y'all pray with me, I'm going to try, I'm going to attempt to preach this from two different angles because I really believe that we can get lessons from everybody in the story, all right? I want to jump into the text as I preach from this subject, such as we have. Such as we have. The Bible says Peter and John were headed up to the temple at the hour of prayer. We see these two apostles, these followers of Christ, these faithful men of God doing what faithful men of God do. They're going up to the temple at the hour of prayer to pray. Now, this is not one of our stopping points, but I cannot continue the story without just saying something about the fact that these men of God are headed to the temple at the hour of prayer. Jewish custom, Jewish custom dictated that they would do the same because they understood uh, the importance of prayer in fulfilling the Great Commission. They continued in that Jewish custom. They understood that if they were going to do as the Lord had commanded them to go into all the world and preach the gospel to everybody, if they were going to be obedient, they had to submit themselves to prayer. They could not do it without the help of the Lord. They could not do what they were assigned to do without some constant communication with the Father. If they were going to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, they understood that they couldn't do it without constant prayer. Remember, this is Peter and John. These are two of the apostles. They have been with Jesus, and they understand the relationship that Jesus has with his Father through prayer. Um... They were with Jesus when he sent the crowds away and went up on the mountain to pray. They were there when he was teaching on the mountain. The people got hungry. You all remember that? He took the little boy's lunch, fed all those thousands of people. And the Bible says before he broke the loaves, he looked up into heaven and he prayed. They were there when he got to Lazarus's grave. And before he called Lazarus out of the grave, he looked up, said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, right? He prayed. They saw the connection between prayer and power. And so it, it does, it's no wonder to me at all that these same apostles would say to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. 
because apparently there is something in your praying. Church, I got news for you today. We will never operate in the kind of power that Jesus operated in until we submit ourselves to talking to the Father. Before we try to do anything, we ought to stop and tell God thank you and ask for instruction. If the Bible is right, and the Bible is right, there's some stuff that we encounter that we are not even going to be able to move without fasting and prayer. So these men are headed to the temple to pray and verse 2 introduce us, introduces us to a certain lame man and that's our first stopping point this morning I want to look at the man's routine look at his routine Bible says a certain lame man he's been lame since his mother's womb this verse gives us a, glimp, a glimpse into his existence because the first thing that the Bible tells about us is he's lame then he's carried then he's laid at the gate every day that's his routine. He's lame from birth. Through no fault of his own, he started out behind the curve. Now in Act, now, uh, Acts chapter 4 tells us that he is 40 years old. So he, he has been lame for 40 years. We know that he's been in this condition for a long time. And he was lame since his mother's womb, which means all he knows is lameness which means all the people around him see in him is how lame he is. All he sees in himself is his lameness. And the fact that he is lame has defined his existence for his entire life. And so every day he's had to be carried and laid at the gate. That's his routine. Can you, say, can you see him as a child while the other children were playing, enjoying the activity of their limbs while he just has to lie there? Lame. While others come and go as they please. He has to wait on somebody to move him from place to place. He's lame, and as a result of being lame, he's used to being carried. I mean, that's how he gets from place to place. That's the only way it's going to happen. If he's going to move, somebody's got to move him. So he can't work, so he can't get gainful employment as a lame man in that day. He really has no choice. If he wants to eat, if he wants to survive, the only thing he can do is beg. That is his reality. That is his truth. That is his worldview. And the Bible says he was laid there daily, day in, day out, same routine. He carried. He's carried to the gate of the temple, laid there at the gate, and sees no other way out other than to beg for money. Can you imagine this routine? Can you imagine the monotony that is his routine every day? Can you imagine the feeling of helplessness, the shame, the disappointment of being looked over, the disappointment of being walked past, the frustration of being ignored? Oh, he may be used to it, but it still affects him. He can't even look people in the eye. How you know that? Because the next verse says Peter had to tell him, look up. That's his routine. That's all he knows. That's what he's used to. Listen, don't blame him for not seeing beyond what is. Don't shame him 
for not having the means to take care of himself. Don't make him feel less than because he's, a con he's in a condition that really was beyond his control in the first place. And don't blame him for acting in a way to which he has become accustomed. Who do you think you are? You've never been in that situation. He need to pick himself up. Don't you think if he could pick himself up, he would have? Peter and, John, Peter and John show us what to do. Bible says in the next verse, Peter and John fasten their eyes on him. In other words, they don't ignore him. They don't walk past him. They don't walk over him. They don't look past him. They don't, they don't look around him. They didn't act like he wasn't talking to them. Y'all know how we do. When we leave in here and we pull up to the light, at Siebenthaler in Philadelphia. Just look straight ahead. <laughs> they know you just came from church. <laughs> Peter and John show us what to do. They do not ignore this man's plea. They just recognize that what he thinks his need is and what his actual need are is, is not the same. That brings us to the second movement in the text. Not only do we see the man's routine, but I want you to check out the man's request. I'm just trying to get us to see this a little bit from this man's perspective. Check out his request. When he sees these two devout men, when he sees these two religious men, when he sees these fellows headed into the temple for, for prayer like he does to everybody, he asks them, can I get some change? Can you help me out? He wants something to make his current condition more bearable because the only condition he knows is the one he's in. I'm trying to help us. If we are going to reach the least, the lost, the left behind, if we are going to do unto who Jesus calls the least of these, my brothers, if we are going to forgive so we can bring them in, we are going to have to get out of the judgment seat. We're going to have to leave holier than thou behind. All this man knows is lameness and his daily routine and what he asks for is to make himself more comfortable in his condition because that's the only condition that he knows. He wants to be comfortable in his condition. He doesn't know. He doesn't know that God has the power to change his condition. What do you mean, Rev? He asks them for what he believes he needs. It's all he can see. It's his routine. Because remember, that's his truth. That's his reality. That's his worldview. And what he asks for comes out of his reality. He's asking them for money because that's what he believes he needs. Please notice... They don't 
disregard what he thinks. They just offer him what will get to the root of the issue. I'll say it again. They don't disregard what he thinks he needs. How do you know that? Because they answer him about money. He asks for money. And they say, sorry, we don't have any. They don't ignore what his perceived need is. They just get to the heart of what his real need is. And I want to offer this morning that there are people who are experiencing lameness, people who, uh, that we pass by every day, people who are lame, who are in a condition that they inherited, people who are on the outside, people who are on the periphery of society, people who are marginalized, people who are cast away, people who are overlooked and underserved, and they know all, all that they know is the way that they are. They can't even see beyond what is right now. People who have never been exposed to the unconditional love and unequal power of Jesus Christ. And what they think they need is based on the hand that they've been dealt. They are looking for something. Every single day of our lives, the Lord puts people in our paths who know they need something. They just don't know what the real need is. Nine times out of ten, she's not loose because she's liked being loose. She's loose because she's looking for somebody to love her and she doesn't know that she deserves better than that because life has told her that that's all she's good for. She don't know nothing else. Nine times out of ten, he's not selling drugs because he likes that life. He's hustling because that's the only way he sees to have something in a world that's so hostile to black males. He doesn't know anything else. She wasn't looking to get addicted. She just wanted something to help ease the pain. That's all she knows. saints of God like Peter and John we cannot continue to ignore them lying at the gate as it were we can't keep looking past them to come to the temple and have good church we drive right by them on our way they're our neighbors we walk right by them at work we share cubicle space with them we overlook them sometimes in our own families. While we come and have good church, they're lame, and they know it, and we know it. And we come to church as usual. But we can't do that. We can't keep ignoring that woman whose self-worth is gone. We can't just keep worshiping and ignore that man whose hope is gone. We've been hiding behind brick walls and stained glass too long. We've been insulated from the world for too long. They fastened their eyes on the lame man because they recognized they had access to what he really needed. And I've got news for you this morning. This is really all I came to tell you. If you have been born again, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, whatever the 
the need is you already have what they need Peter said look on us and the man looked at them expecting to receive something and I'm sure that what Peter said next was a surprise to the man he said I don't have any silver I don't have any gold but I tell you what what I do have I'm about to give to you and saints of God I've come to remind you this morning that we have someone who can change any condition we have some power in us and we need to learn to release the power that we have Peter said we don't have any money but we've got a name we don't have any silver but we have a savior we don't have any gold but we've got a God who can turn your entire situation around Now, if you don't have any power, then you cannot use any power. But Jesus has put his power on display for Peter. Peter has walked on water by the power of that name. Peter saw his mother-in-law healed by the power of that name. Peter was in the upper room when the Holy Spirit fell on them. He, he knows the power and he says, look at us, focus right here. I don't have what you're asking me. I don't have what you think you need to keep you in your current condition. I may not have what you're asking for, but I do have what you need in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. I've got a name that when I call it, I expect something. Is there anybody in here that Jesus has put Put his power on display for you anybody who's seen him work anybody who knows the power of that name I've seen the power in his name. I've seen the sick healed in his name. I've seen the dead raised in his name. I've seen the drug, the drug addict delivered in his name. I've seen the alcoholic put the bottle down in his name. I've seen lives changed in his name. I've seen fevers come down in his name. I've seen families restored in the name of Jesus. COVID is back up on the rise, so I'm not going to ask you to touch anybody. Just look across the sanctuary at somebody and tell them you've got some power and it's in the name of Jesus. God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus <laughs> every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and that same power in his name that, that same power that we've seen work in the sanctuary that same name that works in your prayer closet that same name that worked for you will work for the lame man that God puts in your path that same man that, that, that same name that delivered you will deliver that woman strung out on heroin because she just can't seem to get it together take that same name to that man who has no fear because he has no hope take the 
the name of Jesus to the prostitute you passed on your way to church this morning. Take the same name to that young man who's at the gas station sitting at the pump who ain't pumping no gas. Silver of gold, we don't have. But what we do have, and I got to tell you, just in case there is somebody sitting under the sound of my voice right now and you feel lame just in case there is somebody sitting in this sanctuary or who is joining us online right now and you feel overlooked you feel undervalued and you feel stuck and you feel crippled just in case there's somebody listening to me right now and you feel heartbroken and crazy and sick and tired and sick and tired of being sick and tired just in case there's somebody sitting here right now who feels depressed and weak and weary and worn and busted and disgusted just in case you're sitting here right now and you feel hurt and abused mistreated and misused just in case I came as a prophet of God to declare to you silver and gold we don't have but such as we have we give to you in the name of Jesus get up from where you are and walk we give you Jesus he's a heart fixer we give you Jesus He's a mind regulator. We give you Jesus. He's a healer. He's our deliverer. We give you Jesus. He's a great counselor. He's the mighty God. Is there anybody here who's just grateful that you've got Jesus? If you don't know, just ask somebody. They'll tell you he's the everlasting father and the prince of peace. If you don't know, just ask somebody. They'll tell you he's the Lord Jehovah, strong and mighty, mighty in battle. If you don't know, just ask somebody. They'll tell you He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. If you don't know, just touch your neighbor. They'll tell you, when I was down, he picked me up. When I was out, he brought me in. When I was sick, he healed my body. When I was going out of my mind, he gave me peace. If you don't know, ask somebody. They'll tell you 
He's a friend. He's a mother. He's a father. Mama's prayer will turn in. Daddy's fire burning. My savior. My deliverer. My soon coming king. Somebody shout yes. Testify yes. I don't want to get on your nerves. I don't want to bother you. I don't want to put you at risk. But would you just tell three people, ask me. Ask me, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. I could tell you some things that would blow your mind. I'll tell you. Oh, such as I have. I don't. have what you ask me for <laughs> but I do have who you need there's one more movement in the text I'll, I'll show it to you on my way to my seat Peter said get up and walk he took him by the hand that's a, that's a sermon in itself. That's a whole different sermon. He took him by the hand. He lifted him up. He lifted the man up. And as he took him by the hand, lifted him up, the Bible says strength. He, he, so babies have to learn how to walk. It is completely unnatural for this man who has never walked before to just get up and walk. Human beings must learn to walk. Babies learn to walk. If there's somebody who's had a stroke or, or who has had some physical malady, they, they may have to learn to walk all over again. You don't just start walking. This, this man gets up strength comes in his feet, his ankle bones and he just walked. That's a, that's a pretty big miracle. That's, <laughs> but check this out. It's not just that he walked. It's where he walked. Bible says he went into the temple with them. Now <laughs> That's his response. That's the third. He shows us how to respond. He goes into the temple with them. Did you catch that? They didn't, there is no record, rather, there is no record in the text, preachers, of him, of, of Peter and John saying, hey, are you saved? No. 
no record in the text of them saying, why don't you come to church with me? <laughs> we've seen his routine, we've seen his request, and now look at his response, the Lord heals him. Nobody has to ask him to come in. Nobody has to beg him to come to church. Nobody has to force him to thank God. Nobody has to coach him to give God praise. The Bible says he went in. Not only is he walking. Walking and jumping, leaping and, and praising God. If we'll give them what we have, we won't have to make them do all the other stuff. <laughs> Rise up and walk helps him up. He starts walking. He goes to the temple. He's walking. He's leaping. He's praising God. In the temple, everybody's amazed because they know who this is. This is the same guy they've been seeing in the temple gate all this time. Now he's up walking, doing his own thing. And nobody has to coach him. Nobody's got to ask him. As a matter of fact, if he's in Mount Calvary, we probably send an usher to him and ask him to settle down. <laughs> right? There's some lessons to be learned here from both the apostles and from the lame man. May we learn those lessons as we encounter a world of lameness that we have the answer to. We, unless we don't have him, and, and in which case we should stop saying that we do. But I got good news for you. We do. <laughs> we got it. You get it? Then let the church say amen. Let me tell you this. God loved the world so much. The whole world. That's everybody without any exceptions. He loved the whole world so much that he gave his unique one-of-a-kind son that's Jesus Christ so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life God loved you so much that he gave his own son to pay the penalty for all of mankind's sin there is nobody he didn't die for the world 
whosoever, that's anybody who believes in him. You have not gone too far. You haven't been too bad. You haven't done too much stuff. You're not too dirty. Listen, if you are breathing, you have an opportunity to get it right with God through Jesus Christ. And you can't get it right without him. Pastor, let me get some stuff right in my life and then I'll come. Listen, if you could do it yourself, you wouldn't need a savior. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. It still washes. It still cleanses. Would you look around? There's a whole lot of saved people in here. But I got to tell you, everybody who's saved had to come through the same blood of Jesus Christ. Without exception. Here's what the Bible says. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. If you're here today and you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity. You're not sure that you're going to spend eternity with God. And we're all going to spend eternity somewhere. I want to tell you, you can be sure today. If you're not sure, would you come? We'll tell you how to accept him. If you want somebody to walk with you, <clears throat> just tap them. They'll be glad to walk with you. If you're not sure you're saved, you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity come on come on bless you sir bless you sir come on again no judgment here everybody who's saved had to come through the same blood of Jesus Christ that's the first call. Anybody, if you're not sure you're saved, you can come. Here's the second call. You're saved already. You know where you're going to spend eternity, but you know that the Lord wants you in this place as your church home. If that's you, would you come? If you know the Lord is calling you here, if you're supposed to be here, we need you here. Come now. Come now. Those two calls. If you're not sure you're saved, and if you know the Lord wants you here, if you are online, if you're in the e-congregation this morning, if you're not sure you're saved, or if you know the Lord wants you to be a part of Mount Calvary, put it in the chat um, or send us a direct message. Somebody is monitoring it right now, and they'll get back with you shortly and walk you through the process. <clears throat> Those two calls. If you're not sure that you're saved, please come. Bless you, sir. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Y'all, come on. If you're not sure you're saved, come on. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. You know what? It took it took me a while. I I have come to the conclusion. And y'all forgive me if I'm, if I'm wearing, wearing on your patience. But there's no way that pastoral observations should take more time than the invitation. That just doesn't make sense. <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. So we'll wait. Please come. Please don't miss it. Don't miss it. This is life and death. Please don't miss it. Don't 
I promise it's worth it. Deacon Ted Akins used to say, it's not an easy walk, but it's a worthy walk. We can't promise that you're going to skate through here on flower beds of ease. But I can promise you this, you won't go through here by yourself. who you need everybody then is saved and is where you know you belong let the church say amen so let it be let's thank God for those who have come for just a moment. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be together today. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us together, those who are in person and those who are joining us right now live all over the world. We thank you, Father, for the power in the name of Jesus. We thank you for showing us your power. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for bringing us out. Thank you for returning us to our right minds. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you for your change in our lives. While we may not be everything we think we ought to be, we look back and we see where we were versus where we are now, and all we can do is thank you, Lord. We thank you for the power in your name. We thank you for the power in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for that power evident in our lives for how you've saved us and healed us and delivered us and set us free thank you lord for the power in the name of jesus now we recognize that we have walked past those in the past who have been begging for something we have judged them we have thought little of them we have walked past them like they didn't exist we have wondered why they don't just pick themselves up and make themselves better father forgive us for being judgmental of the lame ones laying by the gate as we went about doing our daily stuff, doing our religious stuff. Forgive us for looking over them, for looking past them. Forgive us for wishing they would just go away. Father, thank you for opening our eyes to the fact that what we have, they need. We thank you, Lord. Give us the boldness that Peter and John had. Give us the boldness 
boldness to say we don't have silver we don't have gold but such as we have we give you in the name of Jesus rise up and walk give us that boldness Lord give us that boldness give us that boldness Father and when they follow us to worship help us to worship with them in Jesus name Amen. Amen. All right. Let's, uh, let's get ready to come to the table. We'll recommit ourselves to each other and to the Lord by way of the church covenant. I'm looking at a whole bunch of new ushers back there. I love it. Love it. Young and not so young. That is absolutely beautiful. And all men love it. All right. We ready? It will be here on the screen. I will read the part that says leader. And you read the part that says, I believe it says congregation. All right. Would you stand if you're able as we recommit ourselves? Having been led as we believe by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And on the profession of our faith, having been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we do now in the presence of God and this assembly most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. To promote its prosperity and spirituality, to sustain its worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrines. We also engage to maintain family and secret devotion to religiously educate our children, to seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintances, to walk circumspectly in the world. And to be zealous in our efforts to advance the kingdom of our Savior. We further engage, watch over one another, brother and sister, to remember one another, to be slow to take offense but always ready for reconciliation and mindful of the rules of our Savior to secure it without delay. We moreover engage that when we remove from this place, be 
possible, unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant. Let the church say amen. You may be seated. If this is your first time communing with us, we do practice at Mount Calvary what is known as open communion. That is to say, you don't have to be a member of this church to partake with us. What we do ask is that you would examine yourself. Thank you, sir. You would examine yourself. And I say it every month, that examination is not to see if you have sinned since the last time we had the Lord's Supper. That examination is to to know where you stand in relation to what Jesus has done about that sin problem. If you are a part of God's family through Jesus Christ, no matter what household, if you're one of his children, you are welcome at the Father's table. Does everybody have their elements? Anybody been overlooked? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Singing oh.
got everybody? All right. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, this bread is my body given for you. Now take and eat all of it. Likewise, in the same manner, after supper, he took the cup, he gave thanks and gave it to his disciples and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for the payment of sins. Now take and drink all of it. our hands together for Jesus. God is so faithful and he's so good. That was such a that was such an awesome and profound message that pastor preached today. So really let us put our hands together for Jesus. Because he's drawn people. Amen. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Mm, mm, mm. I'm just going to say this real quick. I was telling Pastor back there, every week we don't know what situations we're going to face. And I go down to the Montgomery County Jail every Sunday. And since we've been back in, every Sunday, God has led women to Christ Jesus. Amen? And then I remind the women that when they get out, they can fellowship at different churches where we all fellowship at. But the one important thing God keeps reminding me of is that he is drawing people by his sovereign power. And he is leading women to Christ. He even led a family to Christ that was waiting on one of their loved ones to get out. And I'm telling you, God is so good. God is good. God is good. Amen. So at this time of the service, we ask, this is our giving time. And so if you want to give, you can give by text to give. Dial 855-908-0710. If you give by cash app, we ask that you put your full 
government name, not just your handle, but put your full government name at dollar symbol MTC ALMBC. And then we have Givelify, which is an app. You can download it on your phone. You can tap, give, and then you're done. And then we'd still give old school. If you have cash, if you have a check, make it out to Mount Calvary. The deacons are in the back, and they will collect your offering. Amen? So if all minds are clear, let's stand, please. God is good. Come on, y'all. God is good. He is so good. Woo. I'm going to switch up this part in Jew. When it says you, I'm going to say us. Because we all in this together. Amen. It says, to him who is able to keep us from stumbling. That means we don't have to stumble. But if we do, God's going to keep us. Amen. And to present us before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forever. Amen. Everyone have an awesome week in Jesus.